What is up? It's Wednesday, June 9th, and you're listening to episode 24 of the Chasing Points podcast, your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. I'm Sam. And I'm Brandon, the number one Brooklyn Nets fan. That's true. You're like the only Brooklyn Nets fan I know that's mm-hmm. actually a Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn Nets fan. Right. Hey, I'm just saying it. I'm speaking it into Not a true. Fan. Our friend friend of the program, Dave Severson, is a That, Nets that is fan. also true. That is also I know true. a couple. Not as big as you. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. How you, how you doing, Hayes? What's up, man? Man, I'm alive and kicking, uh, so I'm I'm doing pretty swell. Uh, don't even remember the last time I used the word swell, so I guess I'm doing pretty well. Uh, how about you, good sir? I'm I'm doing well, man. No Good. complaints. Good. Just keep on keeping on. That's all you can do nowadays, hey, my friend. That's it, man. Looking ahead tonight, Julio's been traded. Dame's unhappy. Major League Baseball's got a sticky situation on their hands, and more. But first, Hayes, we gotta just dive into what's been a you know our topic last week and topic uh, to start off this show. A thrilling uh, few weeks in basketball as the playoffs are here. Hayes, I'll start off by asking you the same question I I did last week to start the show. Your initial thoughts as we dive into the NBA playoffs round two or the end of round one. People, I'm giving you free gems every time we record a podcast. Sam and I sat here and spoke about the Lakers and said that if AD was not healthy, that the Lakers would not advance. AD was not healthy. The Lakers did not advance. Uh, I've been talking with my buddy George, who is a diehard Braun fan who loves his sneakers. And we have debates all the time because I told him LeBron sneakers are for senior citizens uh, of basketball. <laughs> um, he's going to literally message me after he hears this. I love you, George. It's okay. We know the truth here. Sorry, George. Uh, uh, he also wanted me to talk about Chris Paul and slander him. I'll debate on that in a second. Uh, but Bron is throughout his most of his career, he's been healthy, right? He's getting up there. He's about to be 37 this next this up and coming season. Uh, Bron can't continue to put teams on his back. Uh, and he proved that in this series. Uh, also, he was playing with the Bad News Bears as a bench. Uh, they should have kept Rondo. They should have kept all the giants that they had in Dwight Howard, JaVel McGee. Um, that hurt them big because as soon as uh, AD went down, Drummond, who they picked up, did nothing. Uh, and the former sixth man of the year, uh, Montrez Harold, who averaged 20 points last year, did nothing as well. Um, so that team needs to be revamped uh, if Braun is going to have another chance of winning a, a championship. But I think the part that is getting glossed over is how good the Phoenix Suns are and i know we also spoke this or at least i know i spoke this uh, about them as saying that they are absolutely a problem and i could see them going to the conference finals um and i could see them playing the jazz uh depending on how that all plays out uh but before i keep rambling sam what are your thoughts on the lakers being bounced uh by the suns well, first, I, I can't wait for the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the LeBron Air Monarch collab coming out in 20 years. <clears throat> That's going to be fun. Hey, um, what's the question? The Lakers. Uh, I, I'd say this is what happens when you mortgage your entire team and future assets and payroll to to get Anthony Davis. I mean, unfortunately, you're probably going to see something similar to your Nets in a couple of years if they're not smart about it. 
what Sean Marks has proven to be that he knows what he's doing in the front office. So I'm not going to question that yet, especially when you have three of the best scores in NBA history on your, on your yep. team. Uh, but we're talking about the Lakers and yeah, you thought with a healthy Anthony Davis, LeBron, they hadn't had a lot of reps together, but you'd figure they'd figure it out all year. We've been talking on this podcast that if the Lakers are healthy, if the Lakers can figure this out, watch out West, the West is done. We've been saying it. We've the, talked about the jazz. Nope. Don't worry about it. The Lakers healthy. They're going to win Clippers. Nah, playoff P they can't do it. And it, you know, even without a healthy Chris Paul, the Suns proved to be a problem. Jay Crowder proved to be a prob- problem. Never thought I'd ever say that again, but I have. And uh, Devin Booker just showed that he can he can be a lead scoring uh, a scorer on a playoff team. And he showed continuing. he has Mamba mentality, and which is why Kobe put him under his wing. <clears throat> the reason why he yeah. walked off that court and pointed up to Kobe's banner because that man meant so much to him. Yeah, no, he, that's he played like that man meant so much to him. And DeAndre Ayton, too, uh, kind of sh- starting to show why you'd mm-hmm. even draft him ahead of Luca. Still, I think that's crazy, but hindsight is 2020. Um, so yeah, the, the Suns proved to be a problem, and the Lakers have problem. This is the problem when you have no cap space and you can't resign uh, Rajon Rondo and you can't keep the pieces. I never thought it Rajon Rondo would be important, but you know, you can't keep the guys around the, you know, the nucleus that is LeBron and AD. Th- these teams that, you know, they, they get these buyout guys, they get these guys on minimums and they try to win championships. I mean, you saw it all the way back to like LeBron Miami teams. You got Shane Battier and, and, and all these guys just coming in on minimum contracts, trying to, you know, you, you got enough of these guys. You, you, you just can't do it sometimes. And, LeBron's led the <clears throat> led all time in, in minutes. So I'm not going to count this guy. You know, my father-in-law asked me, <clears throat> what do you think about the playoffs? And this is before the Lakers really thought that they're in trouble. And I said, I'm not going to count LeBron out until LeBron's out. And until he's not playing Smart. basketball anymore, I'm not going to do it. I just, you, I can't do it. The guy's reinvented himself so many times. He's dominant. He's, you know, he is what he is, but this team needs a lot of help around him because he just can't continue to do it on his own. You're right. I, I agree. Uh, you you go get yourself a, a drink of water because you Sorry, sound bro. like you, you're uh, dying over here, and I want to make sure uh, Sam is fine. But while Sam is getting a drink of water, I'll carry the team on my back. See what I did there? Talking about Bron. Car- anyway. I like that. That's good. Thank you. Um, so, you know, but – I, I I think people should pay very, very close attention. Stephen A said something and I, and I I take what Stephen A says with a grain of salt because he, he, sometimes he just does things for entertainment. I mean, he's in the entertainment business. Uh, but what he said the other day on um, why can't I think of their show? Uh, uh, first take. Uh, he he said that I think the window has closed for the Lakers. And I thought that was pretty interesting to hear because I know he's not one of the people to bet against Braun. But after seeing this team uh, that they have assembled and seeing how the West is no slouch, he even mentioned the fact that I think a lot of people are uh, 
glossing over is the Warriors get Clay Thompson back next year. Um, we don't know what Clay is going to be, but if he is anything like what he used to be, uh, the Warriors will be uh, one of the upper seeds. But also, you have the Jazz, you have the Suns, you have the Nuggets. The Nuggets are missing Jamal Murray, um, and and that's huge. But they had uh, Michael uh, Porter uh, step up, and that's huge. Uh, that he they betted on that man and his his injury and they let him sit and let him learn and that was probably one of the best moves that a franchise has made just waiting for a guy that was a first and round a lottery, guy yeah. yes yep. and, and they just picked him up like okay well we have a plan in place for him uh unlike the nfl where you know you drafted in the first round you got you got to start the guy no you sit here you wait we give you time you develop you learn the game you learn the speed and then you're good to go it's obviously a big difference from the nfl but i'm happy for d book um i'm happy for people uh like uh, my boy Donovan Mitchell, and you and I spoke about this, I've been championing Donovan Mitchell for quite some time, and I'm telling people that he is the second coming of Dwayne Wade, and he's been playing like that, and I'm going to continue to tell you guys that he is a problem. But we should talk about, since we're on the West Coast, a team that we didn't mention that is faltering, actually two in my opinion, uh, and they have two of the best players in the whole entire league. That would be the Portland Trailblazers with Dane Lillard, and Luka Doncic on the Dallas Mavericks. Sam, I, I'm, I've spoke about this before. I've been watching Dame when he was at Weber State, my group chat uh, that is diehard about basketball. Like I said before, numerous times, uh, watching uh, high school players, young college players, and so on. We knew about Dame. We called about Dame. Same with John Morant. And I called that John Morant would be a rookie of the year. Check my Twitter. Don't at me. Um, but Dame either needs to go or they need to bring pieces there. I'm happy that Terry Stott stepped down because if he didn't, he was going to get fired. I was upset that Jason Kidd declined the position, but I feel like he's going to be the head coach of the Celtics. Um, but Dame needs backup. I'm sorry. I love CJ McCollum. He's not cutting it. Uh, what's his name? Uh, no He's not doing anything. Um, or Nurkic, excuse me, not doing anything. Uh, Mello, he's he does what he's supposed to do. He's a guy coming off the bench. Yeah, there's there's not enough clearly around him. Not at all. Damn right. And we've I've said on this pod, and I know you agree with me. You just said it, but Dame's probably my favorite basketball player. Um, so this is a. I mean, you talk about we've we've talked about putting guys on your back and we'll con that's probably a th thread for today. Cause you know, we're going to talk about Luca and Kawhi and, and everything here, but coming up, but what more does Dame got to do has to have to do here to like, you know, um, it's, it's to me, advance. he it's Dame is a, is a loyal person and that's absolutely commendable in this day and age, but his loyalty is not going to get him a ring. Right. So that's, that's number one. They need either he needs to go somewhere, which he's kind of said that he wouldn't. But I think at this point in time, like he realizes like Portland's not going to get you what you need. Right. So is either they need to go out and get the head coach that he wants and go out and get the players that he wants to have around him or he leaves town, which I feel like that might 
be the only way for him to do. And I honestly feel the reason why I brought up Luca. Luca's in the same position because Porzingis is the best trade that the Knicks made to let that man go. Thank you. Because he is absolutely basuda for those that need translation and aren't bilingual that means he is trash he is hot garbage and i'm going to tell you this right now he is no unicorn for anybody um he just he's terrible and lucas they're wasting they're wasting luca there with even with mark cuban being arguably the best owner in the nba um and and all of sports at that uh i don't think they're gonna have the pieces i honestly have said it to my friends, I, I would love to see Luca and Dame team up. And if that happened, oh my god, good god. But I, I really think realistically, if Dame goes yeah. anywhere and he leaves, I think he goes to the Bucks. The Bucks. Yes, because it would be him and Giannis. How? It'd be him and Giannis, right? And then Middleton would be the the third option because Middleton is he's great. He's been an all-star, but He's a serviceable. He's a serviceable two option, uh, three. He'd be phenomenal. Um, so I, I think that would be great. I don't know how that works, um, but yeah. Thoughts? Uh, I don't know how it happens, but I'd love to see it, man. Um, you know, there's years ago those. Uh, I'm take it the Knicks fan perspective years ago, those rumors of him wanting to go to the Knicks or the Knicks pursuing him. I was, you know, as happy as could be, but he is a loyal guy. He wanted to win in Portland and it just, you know, how long does he have to do this? Right. You know, how he was drafted in 2012. Yeah. He's been, he's been in that team for, for nine years now, you know, it's, it's at what point, um, you know, at what point does something got to give here? And the GM kind of basically said, said, I don't know if you caught this, but basically said, I put together a winning roster. They didn't get it done. Uh, so. <laughs> Dame dropped 50 points and they still lost. Um, what winning roster did you put out there? Because yeah. Dame was the only one that was cooking. And Dame is normally the only one, especially when he goes into Dame time, that is doing something. So I don't know about the rest of the roster that he put together that he thinks is a viable team, a viable contender, but they haven't been, they get bounced in the first or second round. They barely made it to the second round. I think they made it maybe twice in his whole time of being there. Um, and that's sheerly off the back of date. Like nothing, nothing else. So I don't, I don't want to hear that. I think, I think these GMs are delusional because they know it's their job and they have to speak up, right? And and you know, save face. But let's be realistic here. That you did not put together a team. I do also blame the players too because they didn't show up. Like CJ, that CJ hurts me the most because I really yeah. enjoy CJ. But he's he's phenomenal during a regular regular season. When it comes to playoff time, he is gone. Um, he signed. Dame signed a five year one forty. 140 million dollar extension recently so he's going to be under contract uh he's a uh, he's a unrestricted free agent at age 35 in the 2025 season dane so, pull aaron Rodgers. yeah he's gonna have to get please. traded out of there please. what team really has the assets to to get a, a top i don't even know you know we talk in hyperbole all the time the best the top this that um you know, top 10 player in this league. And when you talk about clutch, there aren't 
many more clutch players in this nope. league. So I don't know what team has the assets to get that done, but we've been looking for the next disgruntled NBA superstar. <laughs> we found him oh, in Portland for sure. And, and certainly a, a game changer uh, that can be, you know, anytime he's on the court and anytime a must win situation, you can double team the guy all day. He's going to find, he's, he's going to get buckets. He's going to get his assists. He's going to do everything he can to put that team on his back. Uh, much like our, our uh, guy that we've been counting out all year and a team we've been counting out all year, Hayes, the L.A. Clippers. Flippers. The Flippers. They're the well, Flippers. Still, they got one series. They're the Flippers. But, That's- you know, it took Super Kawhi to finally turn it on and just be, you know, you know, an, an alien guy and just turn it on for game six, seven to will his team. And this is this has kind of been the spark that was missing to begin the series. Luca had his way with the team. Uh, it really looked like it really could have been a, a out in five games kind of situation for the Clippers early on. And uh, you know, just Kawhi, even some help from Paul George there. And the new playoff P is is Kristaps Porzingis. I hate sure. when I hate when you say playoff Thoughts. P. I hate playoff P. I would I hope can we retire that name forever from this podcast and everywhere? Like Paul George has not done anything really of that's, value. I was using it ironically. I, I know you yeah. were. I know what that's you were why doing. Chris is, yeah. I, oh, I know. I got okay, what you were you doing. Sure? I got what you're doing. <laughs> I, I, I heard the Kristoff, but I'm still stuck. Like I have like PTSD when people say playoff P. Like it's just bad. It's not good. Um I won't do it anymore. Yes, you promise. That's a lie. Yes, you will, everybody. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Points to his face. Like, yes, I will. Um, So I I think I. I'm interested to see what the flippers do in this round, because, yes, you beat uh, Luca, because I'm just going to say you beat Luca because there's nobody else there. You beat Luca. so let's see what you do now. And they're playing the jazz now, correct? That's the team that they're playing. Yeah. So have fun trying to stop Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Jordan Clarkson, six band of the year. And I'm not going to keep going down the whole roster, but I could, but have fun stopping all that. We're going to really see what happens. I'm not worried about Kawhi. Kawhi steps up that I'm not worried about him. It's his supporting cast. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there, but um it's another it's another example we said before mortgaging everything to for two guys and you saw you know Kawhi and Paul George this is the Clippers team um you know and and a team that laid down and they wanted the Mavs they wanted the easy route and you know they rest their guys leading up to you know uh not must win games but games that could really decide their their playoff seating mm-hmm. and now you know could the West go through LA even though they don't have home field? <laughs> I, nah, I don't know. It's not going through LA. Okay. It's, it's not, there's no way it's going through LA. There's way better teams in my opinion than LA, like the team that they're playing who has been the number one team in the league pretty much all year, which is the jazz. So I, I, I wish them the best of luck because yeah. you're going to need it. Uh, but I, I think Sam, since, since we talked about them and the team that they just beat and, AKA the person they just beat Luca. Uh, let's revisit that conversation of Luca and Trey. 
since we are going to transition over to the Eastern Conference, uh, they were traded for each other on draft night. And I don't think either team lost in that trade. <laughs> I don't think at all for a second really? okay. that either team lost in that trade. It was I think uh, Trey and uh, Trey and Cam Reddish, I think, mm-hmm. basically for Luca. Yep. Well, essentially after the picks were made and everything. I don't I don't even count Cam in that trade. Yeah, no, it's really just Trey and Luca. And both of them are faces of the league moving forward. Uh Trey Young is a perfect villain to play in the playoffs, but he's such a he's such a likable guy. Like he's genuinely a likable guy, but when he gets into that mode, it's just like, I don't care. And I love that. And the crazy thing is he had Knicks fans uh, in, enraged, enraged throughout that series. But I tell you one thing, if somehow some way that man leaves Atlanta, which I don't think they'll let that happen, but if he somehow some way leaves Atlanta, I would honestly not be any Knicks fan, I would love to see him go to New York because New York would embrace the hell out of him. And he, he is oh he's a New York player. You're absolutely yes, right, man. Yes, yes. You're absolutely right. He, here's the thing with, with Trey, too. He's such a polarizing player, like his play for so long. And he's not even – he was never a villain. People had their opinions on him, but it's not like they disliked his personality mm-hmm. or Correct. anything like that. I mean, all accounts, he's a good dude. And then, you know, it takes the garden. He just completely silences the garden and turns on that villain card. But you're absolutely right. It's not like I I have questions about his play. He's certainly proved me wrong in the past uh, or, you know, what I initially thought of him. But he's not a bad dude. Uh, he's just an ice in, ice in his veins. I mean, it was round one. This Knicks team's not very deep. They don't have a finisher. They don't have a final five that you'd put out on the court and feel really good about. Uh, but still, it, it took it over to the, the series that he's in now with the Sixers and uh, against Sixers and just and showed up there when he had like 25 at the end of the, the first half. He was balling out on Sunday night and rightfully so. I mean, the guy, the guy's here, you know, certainly the future of the the nba we've talked offline for a while about these two i would still take the luca side of the steal i still think he's the best player i think he's the best when i'm making a trade i want to i want to win the trade i think he's the best player i think he's got the best game and but that being said these guys are both far from done i do evolving and growing I do believe uh, I never thought uh, that Luca wouldn't is not the better player. Uh, this he's only 22 years old. He's been playing uh, in the pros since he's been like 17, 18. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. So he's been playing in the pros overseas. So if anybody understands or you're bas- avid basketball fans, and for those that aren't avid basketball fans, uh, that's a fundamental league. That's he's a young man playing against grown men. So he's he's already tough in his core. And so when he came into the league, it was just like, okay, like I've been doing this for a while. That's why I, I was telling people about LaMelo. Like everybody was kind of trashing him. Oh, well, he's a ball brother. I was like, the best thing that ever happened to him was going to play overseas because he got to play against pros 
instead of just coming in and being cocky. It's different when you play in U.S. and you're playing against this competition all the time. When you go and play overseas where you don't know anybody, everybody knows you, but you don't know everybody and you're learning the competition. It's different. It, it gives you a different edge. Uh, so I, I think that is great, but Trey has something that Luca doesn't have. And the only three people in the league, in my opinion, actually have. And that is the deep range that as soon as I step over half court, everything is within uh, my range. Sure. So that's Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, and Trey Young. As soon as they step over half court, you have to pick them up. And those are the only three people in the league that can do that at any point in time. He Reggie Millard the garden. There's no doubt in my mind. He Reggie yeah. Millard the garden. Yeah. And it was, it was nice to see. I'm sure as a Knicks fan, it was not. Um, but if you love basketball, like how you want that in your player, that's, that's plain and simple. Oh, hundred percent. Like, I'm not going to say I enjoyed, I enjoyed seeing it as a Knicks fan, but as a basketball fan, you know, to see a guy rise up, look, we, winning winning this trade is far from from over right these yep. guys both hopefully have a lot of basketball left but this trade could have gone really ugly for atlanta um and thankfully for the league it really hasn't and these guys these guys are showing up and just yeah he silenced the garden and uh you know he's willing his team you know like i guess we've said that a lot today but um you know, he he's he's worth the price of admission in Atlanta for sure. That is for sure. Uh, I know you have one here about my Nets. I've talked about them enough. They're they're spanking the Bucks, but they're going to their territory and it could be a different series after these next two games. I highly doubt it because they're trashing them without James Harden. And we don't know if he's coming back for game three, but I don't really need to to say too much about them because they're already saying enough for me. So I, I don't have anything to say it well, really the Knicks uh the Nets are up two nothing on uh on the Bucks here and just spanked them what they win by on uh last night Monday night a lot to a little it was like <laughs> yeah like they were up by like 49 at one point I think I have no idea this is without James Harden and Blake Griffin just coming back from the dead here we all pronounced them dead months ago years ago in Detroit and Guy hadn't dunked in two years and was showing no athleticism. Did not want to be in Detroit, and now, you know, he's he's, he's an option. <laughs> he's an option to win basketball games and to score and uh, to be a presence in the post. And it's he's starting. Uh, yeah, he's starting. And this was starting. a guy, just a guy. Hey, we'll this guy. We'll buy him out. We'll uh we'll pick him up. He can he can play some minutes down the down the stretch for us and uh yeah now he's a, a big part of what the nets are doing he bamboozled the pistons if we're gonna be real oh yeah totally he bamboozled. i guess that just this happens when you don't want to be somewhere um yep. i guess i don't know i don't have that attitude but um you know can we talk about i know you don't want to talk about your nets but can we just talk about how Kyrie and and kd made Giannis the you know, former defensive player of the year just looked like he had no idea what he was doing on defense because I, they are filthy. If you don't know, now you know that these are two 
of the best scorers to ever grace a basketball court. Kyrie literally has the ball on a string. And KD, for a guy his height, has the ball on a string. And the fact that they abused Giannis is saying something. He only had 19 points. And he's the best player on their team. But I think uh, the person that said it perfectly, I was watching uh, Get Up today. Uh, and Jay Williams, uh, Jason Williams, for those uh, that aren't familiar from Duke, uh, he he said something that, that kind of resonated with me. He said, KD had time to sit there and hear people compare Giannis to him over and over again and saying, like, you know, he's he's comparable to KD and so on and so forth. KD is arguably the greatest scorer to ever grace a basketball court and people are comparing Giannis to him. So I, he said that he believes that KD is out here trying to prove a point. So every time Giannis is on him, you've seen what he's done. So people, so I, I agree with Jay Will. I, I one, I'm wholeheartedly agree that he's out here trying to abuse Giannis and let him know you're nowhere near my level. Pick your weight up. And this is a guy who had Achilles surgery a couple of years ago, didn't play last year at all. And, you know, at being almost seven foot, but he's just proved that he is the best scorer in the NBA. I don't know. Kyrie's up there too. I mean, yeah, LeBron, but this pure scoring problem that you have three of them on the same team. God forbid James Harden gets healthy here. It's going to be a problem in the East. And, they, you know, they've already blown all the defensive metrics out the window. They've gotten better at it. Blake Griffin, I can't believe I'm saying this. Blake Griffin's helped in that department. Um, but, you know, to, to have all three of these guys just on crunch time, like, what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to stop this? And and hopefully that's the formula going forward. Now, yeah, you're right. As I mentioned before, Hayes, we, they got to go into Milwaukee now. And, you know, it's when a series really starts is when you're on, uh, you know, foreign soil here. And uh, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens there. And, and you know, Giannis isn't going to take it lightly. Uh, he, he's he gotten made a fool a little bit. Uh, by no, by no, you know, he got made a fool of in the last couple games just by the acrobatics of these, these guys. And he's not going to take it lightly. <laughs> he see sometimes you can give your all uh, and this is a life lesson for people sometimes you can give your all and still not be uh, the best new segment. Uh, that should be a new segment uh but yeah he can give his all he wants i think it I, I think the part that people are not really seeing is like the net it feels like the net started playing defense when they got into the playoffs so like everybody was yeah. talking about oh they don't play defense and ever since they got into the playoffs it's like oh we don't here you go. They've turned the intensity up. So it's just like, I want to see who can actually match them. Right. I want to see what, what happens, what goes on. So I'm just going to sit back. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk too much about them. Sam asked me questions. I'll, I'll talk about it, but uh, I don't want to be that obnoxious Nets fan. you see what they're doing and just enjoy. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll ask the questions then. Cause right. If they keep playing the way they, uh, they're playing it's it's going to be a problem for not only the east but whoever comes out of the west got to wrap up our our basketball segment here uh it was announced earlier uh today tuesday that Nikola Jokic 
from the Denver Nuggets has won the uh, the MVP for this year. You know, we both at, at times I think we were saying it could be Joker. Uh, want thought it could be Steph for a second, um, and Jokic ends up you know winning just purely dominant this year and just a, a problem for uh, for opposing teams against the Nuggets. Your thoughts on on Joker winning the MVP his first. He deserved it. I mean, he he was yeah. he was arguably the best player. Uh, it, it's always hard for me because I I think the MVP discussion in the league is like in every league is is different every year. Is like okay, do you like him because they're popular? Like most valuable player to me is is like a guy that brings their team that has nothing all the way to like the playoffs, right? So that's why I was looking at Steph Curry, but I have to Same remember. Man. I have to remember that it's it's not about that. They look at like the overall throughout the whole season. So I understand that he deserves it. I'm not taking anything away from this. This seeing where he's come from to where he is now and how he plays and how well respected he is. Congratulations to him, and also congratulations to Tibbs uh, for the coach of the year as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did a great job putting that Knicks team to play defense and proving that it helps get you a long way made the playoffs there i i think with the steph argument you know you you saw the warriors team without steph and without clay last year mm-hmm. and now you see them without clay and steph was just on one for most of the year and will you know got his team to to uh the, the playing games there and you know fortunately for them got ousted but you know i Numbers wise, Jokic just runs away with it. But yeah, the heart of the award, most most valuable player. Um, I, you know, that's why I was really considering Steph. But numbers wise, if you just look at the analytics, yeah. it's yeah, Jokic was just a, a monster. And you can you could double team him; he'll find somebody open, and if not, he'll take it on himself. And what they're able to do um, up there and, and losing Jamal Murray, as you mentioned, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, getting a guy like uh, Aaron Gordon to help them that, you know, the nuggets could really, uh, could really do some damage in the, in the series and, and, and moving forward too. that's yet to be seen. Um, any last thoughts on the NBA before we uh, move along? Uh, no, no, uh... I I mean I do, but I'll save it. We've talked enough about the NBA. I'll save it for uh, next week. All right. Hey, it's time to play. Do you care? Nope. Nope. <laughs> no, it's not. All nope. right, that's our show, everybody. <laughs> you know, for Sam, I'm, uh, for Hayes, I'm, whatever. Yep. <laughs> hey, uh, last week we talked about Julio Jones being traded, where we wanted to see him. I'm pretty sure we probably mentioned the Titans. Uh, he's a Titan now. And the Falcons traded their all-pro receiver, uh, Julio Jones, to the Titans for a second-rounder this year, or upcoming second-rounder, and a fourth and a sixth-rounder. Hayes, do you care? Absolutely. Uh, he's one of the greatest wide receivers to, to bless a field. Uh, I, I just I just think it's amazing when you see these guys get traded for uh, packing peanuts. Uh, my man got traded for a second-rounder. It, it like in a fourth rounder i don't see not one first rounder in there sam do you because i don't can i can i tell you something about this trade as i was looking at it go ahead the years the years are aren't the same mm-hmm. but he was traded for the same draft picks that sam darnold was 
That's uh, that's Jets sad. Got a sixth and a second and a fourth in the following year. So that's... the years aren't the same, but that's kind of telling you something. He's 32, 33. He's owed a ton of money for a wide receiver. Um, so you could make those arguments. He's not a you know quarterback or anything. Mm-hmm. But man, AJ Brown on one side, Julio Jones on the other. Ryan Tannehill uh, rebirthed <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. Oh yeah, and this guy that went to college with Julio Jones in the backfield, Derrick Henry just running it up the middle. This team's gonna. This offense is gonna be a problem. Uh, I think they are going to be pretty hard to stop. Honestly, I think the weakest link in that you mentioned his name is, is Ryan Tannehill because it's what Ryan Tannehill shows up. Uh, he has been. To give him credit, he has been pretty damn good in these past couple of years. Ever since leaving Miami, he's he's uh, reinvented himself. Or maybe this is what he always had. It's just Miami, uh, which I can definitely see that. Um, but I, I think Julio gets another chance, and I think it it allows him to finally have uh, somebody opposite of him uh, that will allow him to get you know, kind of single coverage because it's like, okay, if you double Julio, you leave AJ, but then you also have Derrick Henry in the back. So people are going to, teams are going to have to play them straight up. Um, And I, I, if you think Julio lost a step, I believe you are 100% insane and should go get yourself checked out immediately. uh, Because I think he's still going to go out there and absolutely ball. You know what, what's funny about this is Julio, on the other side was Calvin Ridley and they double Julio and Ridley was score a lot. Mm-hmm. And Julio wasn't getting a lot of end zone or a lot of end zone targets or touchdowns. But now Arthur Smith is the head coach of the Falcons and he trades away Julio Jones to his old team where he was the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. And now it's a similar thing. I mean, I Calvin Ridley or AJ Brown, I, you know, both hell of young receivers and have a big future in this league. And you're going to see the same thing, but the Falcons did not do not have a running game yep. like the Titans do or a running scheme or a line like the Titans have. And it could really, it's really going to cause some problems for this team. As you, you're absolutely right. You can't stack the box. You got to play them straight with Derrick Henry, which, mm-hmm. you know, good luck. If you're even going to put eight <laughs> guys in there. Um, and now you got two, you know, just two all pros on the, on the edges there. And um not sure who's playing tight end, but I don't think that matters. No, I, don't, I don't think it matters um, at all. <laughs> and, and, you know, Ryan Tannehill, I've gone months without saying this. I'm going to get PTSD, but uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill without Adam Gase. I haven't said that guy's name in months. It's like, your I hate kryptonite. you. It's like your kryptonite. It's- yeah. So man problem. Do I care? Yes. Hell yes. I care. This is, Great, and I, I saw today he's going to wear the number two, and A.J. Brown offered him the number 11, and he said no. So he's going to be uh, number two, and uh, that's pretty cool to see too. Um, but, yeah, uh, thoughts on the AFC South as, you know, the Colts and the, the Jaguars and the Texans, you know. I think it's going to be very interesting uh, uh, division outside of the Texans. I, I think they're just in the graveyard of the NFL, but – the other three teams, I think, is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, but I, I, I want to say this before we move on. Uh, if you haven't watched Julio, watch videos of Julio blocking downfield. 
because I want to let you know how scary he is blocking downfield because of how strong he is. And then think about Derrick Henry. So if Julio is blocking downfield and he is as strong as we know he is, understand what is going to happen on the outsides of the field. Like he's going to have some some uh, playing field for sure. And he's already strong on his own and can take on like three people on his own. So that that's going to be pretty, pretty damn interesting. So I'm I'm excited to see it as a football fan. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to watch and certainly something we'll get into more as we prep for the football season. Um, we're going to have the show and not talk about Aaron Rodgers. So that's going to be fun for me. Um, <laughs> coming up, though, do you care? Hayes, MLB is finally cracking down on pitchers using foreign substances when pitching. Do you care? I do care. Uh, Farkas and I, friend of the show, um, we're talking about this uh, this past weekend. And I, he, he brought up a great point. He said everybody was paying attention to what the Houston Astros did and calling them out for cheating, and rightfully so. But this issue has been going on uh, with this substance uh, issue for all players for quite some time. And obviously it's a bigger issue with pitchers because it gives them uh, exceptional grip, which allows them to spin the ball uh, in different ways, which is probably another reason leading to why strikeouts are, are up outside of, you know, the, the change of the, the baseball and a couple different changes to speeding up the time and so on and so forth. Um, so I do care. Uh, I love baseball. It's a sport I grew up playing. Um, and I, I do believe that it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, I don't know how one cracks down on that. Like, do they check everybody like a boxer or, or a fighter before they go out there and, and see like, you know, as soon as they are leaving the bullpen, like, okay, let's check you out and see what you got and then go from there. Um, what, what they do, I don't know. Uh, but it, it'll be extremely interesting to see how MLB proceeds with this. Yeah. So umpires actually are going to control the enforcement of this. They're okay. going to check all pitchers that come into the game. So I'd assume, you know, uh, back of the neck we've seen in the past, uh, brim the, of the brim, brim of the hat, the, the inner palm of, of the glove hand or the wrist of the uh, pitching hand, you know, there's, there's been a lot of different places that we've seen it. It kind of, Got called out a couple weeks ago with G G former Yankee Giovanni Gallegos kind of got accused of of using something. And, um, you know, it's been a topic of conversation for a while. Essentially, a lot of hitters, a lot of people that I've heard speculate on this would say that it, they want pitchers to use something um, to just get a better grip of the ball. Um it, you know, so the batters don't get hit. Uh, so that's one thing. Rosin and sunscreen, I've heard, is something that's kind of excess, you know, widely accepted as being okay to use. I wouldn't think that sunscreen would help you grip a baseball, but I guess I with, ro you know, with the rosin, it kind of gives you a good grip, but it essentially increases a pitcher's R uh, RPMs and spin rate, which, you know, just nasty breakaway pitches and, and you've seen, you know, speculation. Trevor Bauer has been, has used something because he leads the league in spin rate often. Uh, Garrett Cole's another one that comes to mind. Um, and he was asked about it today, Tuesday, and he kind of sidestepped the question. I don't, you know, 
necessarily blame him. Um, I didn't hear his response. I just heard that he kind of sidestepped it, but it's, it's going to be interesting how they enforce it and how the players association reacts to any kind of discipline that's going to be administered to. I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens. I, I talking about Bauer, uh, Farkas also mentioned, uh, he, kind of talked about this and said that this is a situation going. He was like, you know, if I was using that, I'd, I'd be the best pitcher. And if, and if everybody or those that listen or follow baseball and definitely follow uh, Trevor Bauer, uh, when he normally says something like that, like he's, he's going to be that guy to kind of prove a point. And then he ended up winning the Cy Young. So I thought that was interesting that, that Farkas brought that up to me. And I was just like, I mean, he is a guy that likes yeah, to prove he, points, right? He so, got paid like he's the best pitcher. Yep, in baseball, correct. So. Correct. So I, I mean, I'd be interested to see because I, let's let's be real about this right now. Baseball has been lacking in like it's America's sport, which I think is BS. I think football is America's sport, um, but I I feel like there's so much that and how's the best way to say? It? I feel like baseball is lack lacking behind all the other major sports outside of obviously soccer um, and hockey. Uh, but I feel like they they are trying to play catch up and they're so far behind the eight ball when it comes to football and basketball. Uh, and, and with all the controversies that they have and continue to have uh, through the steroid era, this, uh, the Astros, like baseball is for a while has had a lot of cheating speculations and that's way too much. Like it's tainted the game uh, outside of the fact that the games are extremely long Um it's baseball needs to do something. They really need to crack down and, and and try to change this game and make it better because there's a lot of talent in baseball right now. I think we both talked about that before. And I I think that's being spoiled by all this other uh, extracurricular stuff. Yeah. What I think is going to end up happening if I just have to guess, and I have no knowledge of this, I, I think they'll probably come out with various forms of things that are acceptable to use. Um, because it, it does pose, as we mentioned, a safety issue. There's probably going to be some kind of agreed upon solution that can, you know, substance that can be used to kind of help grip a baseball. Um, and I, I think that's probably where this will end. It will be, you know, I mentioned how the Players Association is going to react to this. Their bargain, collective bargaining agreements up at the end of the year, we're in for a hell of a negotiation this coming winter because that's for there's a lot of issues that need to get resolved and a lot of issues that fans don't care about and they just want to see baseball so i really hope that um you know they do what's in the best interest of the game and um you know if it means fixing the baseball fixing the shift you know kind of approving certain substances or whatever then then do it because we've We've probably talked about this too much, but they care like they want the game to be enjoyable, but they're not doing anything to to get fans to watch baseball. Yes. Like they're trying to make the game shorter. They're trying to make the game more enjoyable, but they're not. But even if they fix that, say they fix this in two, three years, games are no more. Say for whatever reason, games are no more than three hours. Like there's a ton of offense, everything's great and hunky dory. Like, what are they doing to get more fans there? Because th- this goes into having fun, right? And the unwritten rules, and all this other stupid shit that we've been talking about forever. Yeah. Um, 
they're not you know doing enough to to gauge fans and and get especially young fans interested in baseball and that that needs to change too so it's going to be really interesting to see how they approach this and how they move forward uh to kind of fix this game you're absolutely right yeah well well i guess we'll just have to wait and see hey uh last wednesday duke's mike krzyzewski who's the winningest coach in d1 uh, men's basketball history and has led the Duke Blue Devils to five national t- championships in 41 seasons. Is going to retire after this upcoming season. Uh, that was announced last Wednesday. Hayes, I'd ask if you care. I, I'd imagine, even though you're a, a Tar Heel fan, um, I'd imagine you absolutely do care. Uh, I don't know college basketball without Mike Krzyzewski, no. and he's probably the last of, of these power uh you know these just super coaches right you, you saw um williams and uh in north carolina um retire and calipari's bounced around and long are the days of john wooden and everything like that but the last one of these super coaches um what's uh what, initial thoughts on on this uh putting my uh Tar Heel fandom to the side. Coach K is uh, the greatest basketball, college basketball coach ever, in my opinion. Um, I, I, as a fan, you have rivalries, right? And you hate everything about the other team, uh, but there's nothing in my body that makes me hate Coach K. Um, for a guy that coached in our own backyard at Army, um, and to, to being and creating Duke and, and making them what they are now, Duke was not that before him. Um, and they are now, uh, and it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. But, uh, this man is so well respected to the fact that if Bron went to college, he wanted to play for, for him. Uh, Kobe, uh, essentially same thing. I, even though I think he probably would have went to, uh, uh, North Carolina just because of Jordan. Uh, but that's another topic. Uh, I mean, he followed everything that man did. So that's, that's that. But uh, coach K a lot of hearing what a lot of players have said about coach K and yes, obviously he is a, a genius on the basketball court, but what he brings as a man to these young men uh, and how they talk about him is, is and how he's changed their life even if they haven't gone on to the NBA uh, that's big for me uh, because this is, these are grown men teaching our future, uh, teaching them how to become men. And some, a lot of them come from broken homes. So I appreciate him for that. I love what he's done with the uh, USA team and, and how he's won there. He's pretty much won on all levels. So uh, it'll be interesting to see his uh, farewell, farewell tour, uh, but congrats to him. And thank God I don't have to see him anymore after this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, not only his influence stretched upon, uh, to players that he coached at Duke, but he was a part of Team USA for decades. Yes, he was. And, and coached some of the best talent in the country, in the world. And uh, just tons of players, former players, just reaching out, um, you know, sharing stories and, and thank yous to Coach K. And certainly will be missed 41 seasons. That's 
that's just insane again i won't you know you don't know college basketball without you know at least the two of us don't know college basketball without coach k so that's for sure yeah, it'd be great to see this farewell tour he certainly certainly deserves it that that wraps up do you care do you want to you got anything to talk about uh ufc corner this week boxing you want to talk about a little boxing my ufc corner i was going to surprise you and put it as the the lack of fight on sunday uh that <laughs> floyd floyd said something <laughs> i think it was on monday yeah yes yeah on monday he said i'm a legal bank robber yeah and he 100 is because he literally fought an exhibition at what 44 how old is he yeah, he's 44, right? Yeah. A 44 fighting this young YouTuber and made a buku bucks off of this for absolutely nothing. And I was it 50 use, mil. I think he I think was closer. Was. I think he was even was. closer to 100 mil after all Jeez. that he reaps with uh, the actual broadcast because he it was Showtime, which he's contracted with. So he makes way more on top of that. So I think he was close to 100 mil off of this fight. Um, yeah, it, it, I keep saying fight, but I'm, I'm really using that term extremely loosely. Uh, it was not a fight. Um, there's a video that people are saying that Floyd actually knocked Paul out on his feet and held him up so he didn't fall, you know, so they can throw the fight like on some wrestling type stuff. I don't know if that's necessarily true. It does look like he was out for a little bit, but um, Paul looked he looked good. Um, but again, he was fighting a 44 year old boxer that has not had a legitimate uh, fight since Connor. Um, and, and even before that, I mean, it's been a while that he's really, really fought at a high level. Uh, he came in there and basically did the bare minimum. He could have done way more. Uh, but Floyd fought a Floyd fight at 44. And uh, I'm glad I did not pay for it. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Uh, did you watch the fight? I was going to text you and ask clips. you. I, I didn't. I was busy Sunday night. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, he was busy Sunday night, jerk. <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, I went to Yankee game on Sunday night. It was really good to be back amongst my people in the Bronx. Losing on a controversial Losing. calls. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we could talk about – that's a topic for next week. What uh, What the hell's wrong with the New York Yankees? Uh, well <laughs> – I will not be here for that because I can't even watch them right now, but continue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I didn't get to see it. I saw some clips. I've heard some people talk about it, but Floyd at 44, still fighting like Floyd. Um, and got, you know, a handful of jabs in there, but I'm, I'm glad he didn't get embarrassed. I didn't think he would. I was really surprised that this thing didn't end up end in a knockout or anything like that. But then I found out there weren't any judges. No, there was no cards. It was an exhibition. Like, was, is, this doesn't count for anything. There was, there was is nothing. That, is that normal for exhibitions? Like, I I don't know much about boxing. For for, like I do. for the most part, yeah, because it doesn't really matter. Because it's just it's just like a, a show. It's showing like okay. charity like exhibitions. Like it doesn't really. It just goes gotcha. for a charity. It doesn't really matter what the outcome is. Um. So yeah, that's that's pretty common. But it it was just weird to not have like a a call at the end and then have uh, Jake Paul running around. My brother beat him and blah, blah. I mean, Logan came out with a $1 million Pokemon card 
uh, Charizard first edition holographic on his neck. Apparently he's had that since he's been like 10. Uh, and it's, you know, appreciated from that. Was point it graded? I hope it was. Yep, it, it, it literally is graded. Yes. He's had it for quite some time. That's uh, um, good so for yeah. him. Yeah. Good. Good for the that. Holy girl. I just want to see both of them get knocked out. Like I just hope, <laughs> I hope that Jake, the Jake Paul fight in, in uh, Woodley, I forgot Woodley's first name. Um, don't give me the line, but I, I hope Woodley punches his face in and I hope it's not like what we just watched. Like, cause I just need to see one oh, of the other one fights out. too. Yeah, he's fighting. I think the this end is of this month. This trend's not gonna end, man. This celebrity, like it shouldn't, bo- like fighting former boxers. It shouldn't end. There's clearly an appetite for this craziness, and like you see it with um, like the skins thing with like uh, Brady and and Aaron Rodgers are gonna play golf against uh, uh, Bryce Bryce and Shambo and um and Phil. So there's totally an appetite for this, and there's certainly money involved in this, and it's not going anywhere, man. This is well, I got two things YouTubers, but you know, it could be someone crazy enough to get in the ring like Ocho Senka. Well, I got I got two things about that. I think what they're doing is is absolutely amazing for the sport. Here's why. Um boxing has pretty much been eliminated by UFC. That's number one. Um People don't watch boxing like they did when we were growing up, Sam, where there was right. uh, the Evander Holyfields, Mike Tyson's, Roy Jones, Winky Wrights, Floyd Mayweather's, Delahoya, so on and so forth, right? It's not the same. It's not the same. That was like the golden era of boxing. Um, so we don't have that option anymore. So now UFC is at, is at that time. They're at that time period of their golden era. They're they're putting out, they're pumping out pay-per-views. They look at the, the cards are getting better and better every single time. Um, it's just stacked right now. So this is giving even boxers that are coming up because they're, they're on the card. It's giving premier fights in there too. And if they continue to do this, they're going to get more money. And Jake Paul, who I never... <laughs> ever agree with with anything that comes out of his mouth said one of the most intelligent things and i absolutely commend him for saying that he called out dana white he said with what we're doing we're getting these former ufc guys and these former boxers and current boxers uh young up and coming more money than they'll ever see and he was he was more so focused on the ufc he he told dana to f off he, he pretty much uh let him know how he about it and i feel the same way about dana dana's out here robbing these guys that are out here in this blood sport fighting each other tearing each other's faces up breaking arms putting breaking legs all this doing all this and dana's reaping all the benefits and these guys aren't they can't even wear i don't know if you i know you don't watch like i do but they're sponsored, UFC sponsored by Reebok, which is why these guys can only wear Reebok. Used to be that these guys can wear whatever they were sponsored by. So if they're sponsored by energy drink or whatever, they can wear that on their, their shorts, uh, their shirt, whatever, to get their extra pay because Dana wasn't paying them then either. Then he went and get this deal from Reebok, gets paid more. These guys all have to do that. That's starting to lighten up from my understanding because of the contracts expiring. So these guys should be able to be able to wear sponsors again, but Dana white is a scumbag. He can go to hell. That's, that's where I stand with that. And that was the UFC uh, <laughs> fight corner. 
yes. with Hayes. Yes. And uh, anything you're looking forward to, Hayes? I'm just gonna. <laughs> I think we should just leave it at that. Uh, that's. Yeah, I'm calling should. an audible. We should. That was. Uh, this is was the Chasing Points podcast uh, for this week, uh, episode 24. Thank you to everybody that's listening, following us on Instagram at Chasing Points Podcast, and listening to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tell your friends. Leave us some five-star reviews. They go a long way helping us out. And uh, appreciate it. On behalf of uh, Brandon, I am Sam. Until uh, next week, peace. Real quick, everybody. Uh, you know what time this is. Uh, it's summertime. Uh, this is a great time if the pandemic has, hasn't taught you anything uh, to check on your hygiene. Uh, make sure that you actually are, are washing your ass uh, because it's hot. And when things get hot, I don't know if you smell garbage left outside and during the summertime, it gets pretty disgusting. So I'm going to need you to wash your ass uh, before you go out, uh, especially now that masks aren't mandated uh, in certain places. Uh, people can smell you clearly. Um, we've had a, a whole year and a half to, you know, clear our, our nasal passages and be able to smell things. Uh, so, yeah. You know, there's there's plenty of deodorants out there. If you like the natural, go get that. Uh, there's different body washes, fragrance, not fragrance. Uh, but yeah, just make sure you you do that because I do not want to smell you at all this summer. I appreciate it. Thank you guys and good night.